Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of It's Black and White, the Derby Telegraph's Derby County podcast. I'm Johnny Burnell and I'm joined by Steve Nicholson and Chris Watson. Steve, welcome back. You had a, a week off in the football season, which I believe you made some sort of comments about in the past two weeks, have you? Yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. Uh, you shouldn't have a week off in the football season. Yeah. I'd like to point out, of course, I didn't miss a game. <laughs> so my unbroken run of covering matches continues, uh, although I did listen in my absence last week. That's all I'll say. Thoughts? No, I'll keep them. <laughs> no constructive feedback? Absolutely not at all. No. I finished off listening in the morning. I seem to have dropped off halfway through. So, but other than that, it was fine. Uh, nice week off, though? Uh, yes, fine, thank you. Excellent. Uh, just before we start football chat as well, I know that you're a, a big I'm a Celebrity fan. Oh, yes. Did, did you agree with the uh, result last night? Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. So the trials again were fantastic, weren't they? What about the one with the snakes? How many snakes? Well, the one that hit him on top of the oh, head and it fell down. I mean, ten minutes as well. Mm. Ten minutes in the snakes. I couldn't do that. I couldn't, couldn't do that. The eating one, very, very good. You'd give it a go, wouldn't you? I think you'd have to, wouldn't you? Yeah. That one. Uh, but the the snakes one is is very, very difficult. And and uh, the the one that Toff did as well was was very difficult. I thought. Uh, yeah, mm. I like it. I think it's one of those programmes when you watch it, you get addicted to it. Yeah, excellent. Right, so let's move on to Barnsley away then. Football. Yeah, football. Oh, by the way, it was warmer as well in the jungle than at Barnsley on Saturday, can I just yes. say that? Yes, we are actually looking outside a, a quite snowy and icy derby today. It's very festive, isn't it? It is very festive, yeah, you're right. Um, and as you say, yeah, a, a bitterly cold trip up to Barnsley on Saturday. Yeah, well, it was bitterly cold. Uh, we expected it, so it's a case of layer up. You know, and it's it's kind of we have a layer count on the way to see who's got most layers on between yourself and Chris. So it's definitely thermals, but it has been since September, and it's definitely fingerless gloves. So it has been since August. late August. <laughs> so uh, other than that, but it was very cold. But uh, another very good win. Yeah, well, that that was it. It may have been cold in the stands, but a performance to warm up the Derby fans, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I, I think uh, what I liked about it was it was a case I kind of came away and thought job done, move on to the next game. Mm. And that's what I like about the current Derby side. We, we, we've moaned uh, in recent seasons and at the start of this season about the lack of consistency and how infuriating they can be from game to game and within games. But you know, just two defeats now in 14, I would suggest that's consistent. I think they are a consistent side. Mm. Of course there'll be blips, Reading, Ipswich. There will be blips along the way and there'll be another one. We're not sure just when, but it will happen. But I think they are consistent now. I think they're showing. Uh, I think they're not more of a team. I wrote in the Telegraph uh, in my match verdict that it's teams that get out of the championship, and Derby haven't been a good enough team in the last few seasons to get out of the championship. But this looks to me more like a team capable of getting out of the championship. Still got to do it. Still mm. be very very tough. But I think they're more of a team now, and I think you see that. I think it's a togetherness. I think the. They're much, much better under Gary Rowett without the ball than they were under previous managers. And in the Championship, that's absolutely crucial. 
and, and defensively they looked solid on, 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 uh, on Saturday and then with the ball they've got enough of a threat in the team to score a goal so I, I think they look more like a team Yeah I, I think what impressed me is that they were clearly the better team mm. the better team won Barnsley have struggled of late but as we know from sort of past experiences you can go to these teams mm. and, and come a cropper um, if you're not if you're not at it and and you know Derby didn't have it all their own way they had to soak up some pressure but they looked relatively comfortable uh, for much of the time and then they got goal you know got goals at good times and um, and to say you know Barnsley Barnsley couldn't have had any complaints at the end mm. and obviously it continues this this excellent away run as well unbeaten in seven and back to back. 3-0 victories yeah it's, it's amazing really because we keep going back to that Bristol mm. City game away when they got banjoed in the second half 4-1 banjoed uh, oh, that's a new one so uh, but yeah we, we, we remember that very well and, and it didn't look good you know and they'd always been beaten at Sheffield United and at Barnsley as well in, in, in the mm. cup which changed the team but yeah 7 unbeaten successive 3-0 away wins as you say uh, 4 wins and, and 3 draws in those 7 games they've actually picked up more points in the last seven away games, and they have in the last seven home games, Derby. So that's interesting. Uh, again, you need to be able to do that because what happens in the championship? If you kind of win one, lose one, you go nowhere mm. at all. And it's when you string together two or three wins, and I think they've won four of the last five. That's when suddenly you can shoot up the table, uh, and that's what's happened to them. And now they're nicely placed in in, in the uh, top six in a position which is really always it's always good. This is even if they were to lose a game, they wouldn't drop out because one mm. of the Frustrations of being in top six sometimes is you, you win, you're in there, and then you lose, and suddenly you drop out again. So you're always looking to catch up again. But at the moment, I think it's a five point cushion between them and Leeds in seventh, and that means you know they can have a slip up mm. and still be in, in, in a very good position. They are looking good on the road, though, Chris, aren't they? Yeah, well, they just they look like they know what they're doing, they know what the game plan is. It's, it, it's all very uh, nicely, you know, well oiled machine type thing at the moment. Um, you know, he made a couple of changes, but mm. but that didn't kind of upset the balance at all. Um, and yeah, very solid at the back. Um, obviously, with the the, the two centre backs and, and the midfielders they've got in there at the moment, and then they've got enough going forward to be able to to unlock defences at this level. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, you know, they must feel that they can go anywhere and win at the moment. Mm. Obviously. You know, Barnsley, as I say, that they're sort of struggling a little bit, but some of the teams they have they have been to uh, and beaten the likes of Middlesbrough and Norwich and Leeds, um, they, you know, they certainly won't fear anyone on the road. What, what I liked about Saturday and what I like about the team, and this is down to Gary Rowett, uh, they don't panic on, on, in away games after half an hour if they haven't scored. In the past, we've kind of chased too many away games and got caught and got stung. Nothing really happened in the opening half hour. We kind of sat thinking they haven't played that well. But the key is just stay in the game, mm. do the right things. And, and there was no panic at all. And then they got the two goals before half time, as Chris said, scored at a very good time, two goals. And then just as Barnsley were getting up a little head of steam, second half, they then scored the third goal. So it's about managing, you know, game. We talk about game management. It's more important you know, in away games not to panic, you know, stay in the game, don't do anything daft, don't give anything away. And you will get opportunities, and that's what happened on Saturday. Mm. Chris, you, you said about them making a couple of changes, so let's sort of talk through those those individuals. Obviously, we had Tom Huddleston coming back in for for George Thorne uh, in midfield, and then Craig Forsyth in for Marcus Olsen at left back. So, 
Go on, which one do you want to start with? Well, I, I, I've, we've spoke a lot about Tom Huddleston on here. Uh, I don't quite get uh, the, the view of some fans, and everyone's got their opinions about you know having him out of the team, dropping him from the team. Uh, has he had some average games? Yes. Has he had one or two poor games? Yes. Has he had some good games? Absolutely he has, yeah. But that goes for all the players. I think Tom Wilson has played his part in Wood Derby R in, in the table. I think his partnership with Joe Ledley, if you look at the facts alone, show that they've only ever lost one game while they've, played, while they've been paired together in midfield. So that has to count for something. And I thought on Saturday at Barnsley, he looked a class act. Uh, and he is. He is a class act. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he can pass the ball. Mm. He, he, he seems to have more time on the ball than any other player. And that's not by accident. That shows you're a good player. Uh, I thought he had a really good game. So uh, I was delighted for him. I get the thing about George Thorne. He came in against Burton. I thought it was a good game for him to come in against Burton. Home game. Likely to see a lot of the ball. Uh, Burton were n- never really going to attack Derby too often. Uh, so I thought that was good for George to come in and he did well. Uh, but should Tom Hulson have lost his place on the back of that? I, I don't think so. I know what George Thorne can do. I've watched every kick he's made in the Derby shirt. I've been one of his biggest fans. Uh, but at the moment, I just think that, that the pairing of uh, Huddleston and Ledley seems to be working. Echo those sentiments? Yeah, I mean... T- Tom, when he's playing well, he's just he's just really good to watch, isn't mm. he? And he, the way he sort of strokes the ball around, and he just just seems he's so languid on the ball, and he seems to have so much time, and and it's just the sort of preciseness of his passing, even a simple pass, it's just right into the you know the weight of the, the pass, the weight of the pass and it's right into the into the stride of, of the player, and and it's just things like that that sometimes can 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 be missed, and of course he does, you know, he has his. His limitations in mm. certain areas, but we all know that, and that's why other players are in the team. And, um, and certainly, yeah, against Barnsley, he, he was really impressive. Mm. The, the, the players in the championship, because many of them have got limitations, you know, that's why they're in the championship, yeah, yeah. a lot of them. And uh, a fan points out, and I always enjoy discussing uh, Rams games with, with the supporters on social media, and a fan pointed out to me that Tom got caught once or twice in possession. And he did second half, and, and one of them could have been quite costly. Uh, but a player like him, where the ball goes through him all the time, they will get caught now and again. Because Gary Rowett, and I think he mentioned this after Tom lost the ball for the goal at Leeds, he says he wants him to get on the ball in those positions. He doesn't want him not wanting the ball, because that's the worst thing possible mm-hmm. for a playmaker. You know, you've got to keep wanting the ball, and, and that's, that's his job in the team. So now and again, he will get closed down, and he will get rush a pass, and it'll... It'll, it'll be misplaced or he'll lose possession that's just the nature of being, playing in that position it's a bit like a quarterback in American football I'm not an American football follower but, but now and again you know, everyone jumps on him don't they if, if he doesn't pass the ball quickly enough or and something the key like that is, and the key is, is, is he's got teammates to sort of protect him Absolutely. from, from so, position so, so the same rules apply yeah it does yeah. And so he will get caught mm. you know? and, and, and it doesn't matter if it's Joe Ledley it doesn't matter if it's George Thorne in there, they will get caught at times in possession because you know, that's just the nature of it. But I thought, I thought Saturday uh, had had Andy Vyman not not uh, smashed in his first goal of the season because he had two assists as well before that. I think Tom would have probably nicked the man of the match for me ahead of Andy Vyman. But Andy had such an influential game that he he 
took the award. Mm. Craig Forsyth was, was obviously the other one uh, who came back in. He, he had a bit of a, a disappointing game against Ipswich. Subsequently, Marcus Olsen came in against Burton. Gary Wright restored Craig Forsyth to the, the starting eleven. And uh, how did he sort of fare? Yeah, he did well. I, I was again. I'm pleased for Craig. I, I, I like him. Uh, obviously, he's. Uh, uh, I've known him and watched every kick he's made. Also, I think. What's interesting, I think Gary Wright must have read or heard some of that criticism after the Ipswich game because he made a point of uh, mentioning Craig Forsyth after the Barnsley game when I, when I asked him a question uh, and he highlighted the fact that, that Craig came back in and did, and did really well. Mm. Uh, I think with Craig, for me, and I've said it all along, he's the best left-back in the club. That, that's it. Now, he has struggled at times and he did struggle against Ipswich. <clears throat> there were these times we, we expected uh, coming back from a long-term injury where he would get caught out and, 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 and struggle a bit. That That's understandable. Uh, but it was interesting he brought him back for an away game. We just talked about this on, when we were driving up. We expected him to come back in. Now he's a stronger defender than Marcus Olsen. Uh, and I think I think when he gets forward, I think he can, he can deliver when he gets forward. I think... He looked to me in the Ipswich game like he was a bit short of confidence as well, which can happen. Uh, but I was pleased to see him back, and, and I thought he did. I thought he did very well. And Gary Wright also pointed out that Derby haven't lost the game away from home this season when Craig. Yeah, in, the, in the league, yeah, in the league, he didn't he didn't play at Sheffield United and didn't play yeah. the one at Bristol City. So uh, I think defensively, he's he's the stronger of of, of, of the mm. two left backs. Of course, the other one in there is Maxlow, who you know. We haven't seen enough of because of his injury problems. Although when he did come into the team initially, he looked good. Yeah. Uh, but part of playing championship football is being able to handle the rigours of championship football physically, and that's what I thought Craig struggled with against Ipswich. He suddenly looked like you know it was maybe one game too far, and then he came out of the team, and then he's gone back into the team, and he looked a lot better. Mm. One slight sour note from from the days, obviously Tom Lawrence. Picking up an injury, you saw him sort of leaving the the ground in a protective boot. Um, that sort of doesn't seem great. No, we were kind of in the press box, and myself and Chris were talking about it. It didn't look great when he went down because he looked to be in some pain, and I think there was a that usual signal to well, the bench. Signal, yeah, he, he was he was writhing around in agony and signalling straight away to the bench, which. And I wasn't sure if it was his knee or, or whatever. Mm. It turned out obviously to be his ankle. But um, but yeah, he, he, and he had quite a lengthy treatment, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he did. And so he got up. He was able to carry on for a few minutes that was left at the, right end of, at the end of the right half. At the end yeah. of the half. Uh, but again, no real surprise he didn't come out after that. The two 0 up, you know, and no, there's no point taking any more risks with that type of thing. But uh, if it is ankle ligaments. And, we, and, we, and uh, as we speak here, we're still not sure of the severity of it. But if it is, it can be a bit tricky, you know. So, and it would be a shame if he, if he goes out of the team. So I think just recently, again, I thought he he has this thing about him, Tom, where when he gets the ball, he always looks like something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And now he's he's got a couple of goals, two in his last five games, which we've been asking for. Thought he took his goal very well, actually. Uh, didn't give him enough credit on the day for for what he did. He actually his determination won in the ball in the box and he took a touch and then finished quite smartly so it would be a shame if he uh, if he has to spend uh, any time on the sidelines mm. um, So looking back then to the positives let's switch back to the positive side of things and you obviously already mentioned one there uh, but you know there were three great goals as well Yeah yeah. Uh, 
Gary Barrett mentioned the quality of the second mm. goal. Uh, super move, wasn't it? it? It was a super move. We thought that when we saw it. You know, I mean, Tom Huddleston, lovely composure in the middle of the pitch, just found found Baird where maybe other players wouldn't have found him. Baird on the overlap, moved it on. Vyman, uh, Vyman pulled the ball back beautifully, and it's a great first time finish. Anyone who's uh, tried to kick a ball at any level will know that the ball, when it's coming across your body like that, to connect with it so sweetly, and it did. Uh, but there was a little moment in, in the move that some fans may not have seen. It's the movement of uh, Chris Martin, who actually uh, moved towards the near post, away from Vidra, and took defenders with him, which, which opens then up the space. So that's very cute by Chris. He deserves mm-hmm. a, a pat on the back for that. But, but uh, Gary Wright did point out he thought the quality of the move, because there has been some criticism of Derby's football this season. Uh, it's not always been fluid in its movement uh, but Gary Rout went out of his way to point out that he believes this team is capable of producing mm. fluid football and that certainly was Impressed you Chris? Yeah it was lovely uh, yeah, the first two goals were, were, were both good and say key coming towards the mm. end of that first half um, the first one say Vyman uh, technically gets an assist for it does he even, yeah. he's put the cross in I think the defenders kind of half-headed it clear um, and Tom Lawrence has, has got to the ball first. He's, he's sort of um, muscled his way past the uh, the defender, and, and, and a smart finish. And, and Steve obviously uh, explained the second goal. So I mean that that um, that really uh, set them up nicely uh, going into the second half. And the third goal wasn't bad either. Actually. Wasn't bad. I actually looked up as the ball was yeah. going past the keeper. I was actually writing something at the time. So. Uh, <laughs> But he, he struck it well, actually. I know some fans might say the keeper may have been better. I think he just it, it just sure dipped before that. the keeper, didn't yeah. it? Went and, and kind of hit the turf and went, and went past him as well. So it was it was a good strike and again good for Andy Vyman because mm. you know you, you need a goal as a forward player. You need a goal, uh, and, and that was his first of the season. So hopefully, I mean his resurgence in form has been interesting as well. And I think listening to Gary Rowett and listening to Andy Vyman himself, it's quite clear that. Gary's had a word in his ear about what he'd like to see him do in games and be more positive and get at people and be less uh, self, uh, sorry, less unselfish at times. And it just shows you that you know coaching sometimes it, it's mm-hmm. more about what you say to players than it is about bibs and cones and balls out on the training ground. Well, I was going to say his recent form, Vyman's recent form. It's almost like he deserved. That performance wasn't it? You know, he deserved that. Yeah, he had another man in match for us, didn't he? Recently, had, I think he's had three, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah. Since yeah. he came back into the team. Yeah, so that's uh, that. That's good for him. Uh, again, with Andy, you know, he's a quiet lad. He he doesn't say an awful lot. Uh, goes about it quietly, uh, but he just to me seems a bit of a confidence player. You know, he went to Wolves, you remember, on loan, and he and he, he started really brightly for them. So I think he's a bit of a confidence. Like most players are confidence players, let's be yeah. honest, but some more than others. And I think with Andy, it looks to me like if someone says to him, hey, you're in the team now. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in the team next week and in the team week after at the moment. Uh, and I think that gives them, that kind of releases them a little bit. Because I think in the past with players like Andy Vyman, and it's happened with Johnny Russell at times, it seems to me that, I might be right or wrong, but in their minds, they're thinking, if I've not had a good hour, I get subbed and I might not play next week. Mm-hmm. And as a player, that, that's awful, you know, that feeling you've got to do something in that first hour. You know, and they, they always, Andy always struck me as that type. He, it was almost as sort of like, oh, we could leave Andy Vyman out next game and make a change, or, he, or he, he can come off and put someone else on. 
So you know, I'm pleased for him, as I say, that uh, he, he's found some form and uh, at the moment he's, he's got his place on merit. Well, I mean, it's all competition for, for places, which is which is all good for Derby. Uh, anything else on... I was going to say, we should, we should mention as well that um, just before the third goal, Scott Carson made an absolutely oh, fantastic yeah. save. Another one. Um, another one, yeah. And, and I mean, although Derby were relative, looked relatively comfortable, Barnsley were having a go, they've made some changes, looking to get back into mm-hmm. the game. And... Um, and it, it was a bit like the one he, he made at Norwich where he was kind of scrambling across his goal um, the guy's about to turn, looks, looks certain to turn it in sort of towards the far post and he's dived across and somehow kept it out mm. and he hadn't had he hadn't had an awful lot to do uh, up to that point but he's obviously you know when it mattered he made the save and that was only it was only a couple of minutes I think before um, um, before the third goal came and I noticed when the third goal went in Richard Keogh uh, made a beeline for Scott Carson and uh, <laughs> congratulated him um, for the save rather than... Uh, but it's interesting, isn't it, because we were at Oakwell in September for the Carabao Cup tie when Derby were 2-1 up and pretty much in control. Yeah. Yeah, and suddenly that goal changes everything and Barnsley went on to equalise, obviously, and, and, and win the game. So, mm. you know, I've, had they brought, pulled the goal back to 2-1 then, who knows, the result could have been different. But, yeah, Scott Carson... I say reigning player of the year, and uh, he's been as consistent as any player, uh, any Derby player this season, and and that was a that was a really important save. Excellent stuff. Yeah, was there anything else that you wanted to, to add on on Barnsley? No, I just I, I say I was just really pleased with, with the way they handled the game. You know, and mm. people say, well, Barnsley's struggling. I think that was a fifth straight league defeat, but you still got to go there and, and, and win. And at the moment, you know, I love this kind of going there. Win the game, get the points, get on the bus, go home. Look forward to the Drop next one, and, and and you tick games off doing that, and it's pretty impressive. And as I say, the number of—I mean, we talked about individuals there, but you know, Keo again was <laughs> was really good. You know, his his consistency this season is right up there. Uh, Chris Baird at right back, deservedly starting at right back for me at the moment. You know, the, his contract issue is going to be interest, interesting. Because as we stand at the moment, you give him another year. Mm. Absolutely, no question whatsoever. Because at the moment, he's the number one right back, deservedly, as I say. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a top pro. He, he looks after himself. His fitness levels are good. He's ready, you know, just to come in and, and perform. So he obviously looks after himself. Uh, he's not the type of player who will bang on the manager's door if he's if he's not in the eleven or the eighteen. Uh, I just think, you know, as we stand, his fitness levels don't seem to have suffered. At all, mm. so and again, I thought he was very good at Barnsley. Very good. And he's now taking corners as well, which brings the champ Berdinho from the, from the fans. From, from you in yeah, the press box. From me in the press <laughs> box. Yeah. So that will make him feel good as well. I imagine. <laughs> no wonder he's quick to take corners now. If he gets that chance every time, but no, he's taking corners. So I thought he was very good. Excellent. I should also say I'm, I'm gutted that they've demolished the uh, outside or toilets. Uh, Oakwell, yeah, a bit of a yeah, a bit of a sort of blast from the past. No although with the, although with the weather on Saturday, I wasn't that. Disappointed. Oh, it wouldn't have been. Yeah, no, it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been too good. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, we've got uh, we've got indoor uh, indoor indoor facilities, facilities now, Oakwell, which is yeah. uh, a bit of a change. But uh, but there you go. Yeah, but they still they still haven't sorted out the desks and the press box. They haven't. But no. my, uh, but, but, the, but the parking's good. The parking's all right. Most important. Most important thing. The parking's. What were the parking attendants like? Were they okay? Very good. 
Excellent, yeah. <laughs> My laptop did nearly come oh, yeah, off did, at yeah, one yeah. point. It must have been a particularly exciting moment. And it's uh, gone flying off the desk, and, but was actually saved um, by the fact that it landed on the guy in front of me. So uh, he, uh, he sort of cushioned its fall so it didn't sort of smash on the floor and, uh, and break. Wow. So, uh, so, so thank you to, uh, to <laughs> that yeah, guy. And, yeah. uh, Rama, Craig Ramage made made the coffees in the press room for us, which was very nice of him, first time this season. Uh, and, uh, and his coffee making hasn't improved since, <laughs> since I first knew him as a reserve team player when he used to make coffee on the bus for the senior pros. So you've got to kind of brush up on your coffee making skills, Rama. There you go, press box stories. Yes. Press box stories. Well, you, you said, Steve, about um, you know this, this newfound attitude, get on the bus, mm. go to an away game, pick up the win and come home. Do you think they'll be doing that on uh, January the 5th when they head to Old Trafford in the FA Cup? Well, <laughs> what a result that would be if they did. Uh, yeah, it is, listen, it's, a, it's a very tough draw, isn't it? Uh, I, I'm one of these in the FA Cup who wants a home draw uh, and a tie where you've got a great chance of getting mm. through to the next round. And the reason I say that is the further you go in the competition, you will eventually draw a Man United or a Chelsea, or a Manchester City, or an Arsenal, or an Everton. Can I throw that one in there? Uh, <laughs> you had to, didn't yes, you? Yes, I did. Yeah, uh, <laughs> or a big but, team. Or, or, yeah, <laughs> or a big team. Yeah, uh, but they, you know, but you will get them eventually. You know, so I don't, I don't quite see the climate to get them straight. I understand the fans. Are great, you know, it'd be great for them to go to Old Trafford. Not been for uh, since two thousand and nine. Um, yeah, uh, January two thousand and nine. So it's a long time. Uh, but it is a tough game. Uh, you always wonder in these situations what 11 Manchester United will mm. put out for that game I think whatever 11 though it's, it's going to well, be a strong 11 of course well it should be shouldn't it I mean Manchester United should be capable mm. of putting any 11 out which should do very well so that'll be interesting but uh, I think the key for Derby is let's get these league games out of the way first be in a strong position in the Championship and then they can take that confidence into that cup game and, and have a real go mm. and that's the thing that's what I want to see them do you know, I know it's a tough game, but but why not just go and have a go, you know, uh, and, and and see see where it takes us. But yeah, great great game for the fans, obviously. But it, it's a tough draw. It's mm. a tough draw. And I say I'd rather I'd be rather draw at home and get as far as I can in competition. But who knows? You know, it's this type of performance. We went to West Brom, didn't we? Third last round season, yeah. this uh, last season, and uh, although West Brom clearly aren't Manchester United. Uh, it was a good performance by Derby, and uh, and they won that game as mm. well. So, and then they pushed Leicester all the way as well. Extra so, time. yeah. So, who knows? It can be the type of result you can go there and and, and, and gain some great confidence from your performance. Mm. Your thoughts on it, Chris? I think, yeah, I agree with Stephen. I think listening to Gary Rowett talking about it, he's sort of saying it'd be a see it as a kind of a nice distraction if you like and, and you can kind of go there with no pressure on and, and have a go and clearly what you don't want to do is go and, and, and let in a few goals in the first 20 minutes and then you, you, you face it mm. a, long, a long evening aren't you but, um, but you know Man United have had their uh, home unbeaten home record yes. ended now I think it was 40, yeah. 40 matches in all competitions which was yeah. A, yeah. which uh, equaled a club record yeah. so you know, Man City showed them uh, showed them what they need to do. They just need to go and do that. Simple, isn't it? Just need to spend three hundred million quid. <laughs> yeah, it sounds very simple. <laughs> sounds very simple. What was interesting though, if you go and have a go, I mean that that uh, League Cup semi final second leg, they they went and had a go that night. Mm. You know, they were winning one yeah. 0 from the first leg, and they had a they had the right go. 
So Charles uh, Barnes. Yeah, so it's it's good, you know, and uh, you know, looking forward to it. I say it's it's been too long since Derby have been at uh, to those grounds. Yeah, I know. You, you'd almost like it to be a regular occurrence. It's, you sort of think, oh, away to Man United. Well, we play them twice a season anyway. No, you've got to stay in the division longer than Derby did last, <laughs> season, uh, last time they were there to, for yeah. that to be a regular occurrence. Yeah, um, and the game hasn't been selected for, for TV coverage, which puts an end to remarkable yes. Manchester United run, which stems back to 2005. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I was quite surprised to see that, actually, because I thought from a, you know, looking at it from a neutral point of view, I thought it looked like quite a good tie. But mm. um, um, I don't know whether it's because there'd been quite a bit of clamour for them not to be selected, yeah. just yeah. because, yeah. just because of the fact that they had had so many, so many live uh, FA Cup games in a row. Um, but no, there's some, there's some other good ties on there, so, it's, so I guess that's fair enough. But I suppose once. Once it emerged that the game wasn't going to be live on TV, I guess Derby fans would have been thinking, "Oh, great! You know, three o'clock kickoff <laughs> on a Saturday afternoon." But unfortunately, uh, not not to be the case. Yes, um, yeah, I'll come on to that in a minute. Actually, what I was just going to say is, if if you were Gary Rowett or if you were in Gary Rowett's position, and and you you come to to January the fifth, and you're I don't know a point off the top two in the championship, do you still go full strength? With your side and risk picking up injuries, which well, could stop your run. Or the, the game's on a Friday night, isn't it? So, and I don't think they've got a midweek game say, the following week. Full, so, it's a out more than a week. So, that should have no effect on on the players who play. So, that's one thing out of the way. You can't. I don't, I don't think in football you can go into any game thinking, I'll, I'll, you know, he might get injured. He might get injured. Mm-hmm. I'll leave him out. Uh, we have, of course, the unfortunate incident with George Thorne, who played in the final league game of uh, 2015-16, and then broke his broke his leg, and of course missed the playoffs, and then of course the whole of the following season. <laughs> Listen, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's just bad luck, you know. And, and at the time, George actually needed games because mm-hmm. he just, you know, he was just getting into the, his stride a bit. So that made sense for him to play on, on that occasion for me. Uh, I think if Derby are in that type of position, you said that the players will be flying, the confidence will be high. I think they'll want to go and have mm-hmm. a go and, and say, "Look, you know, we, 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 this is where we are in the championship. We're here for a reason, and we want to be in this division, the Premier League, next season." So I think that should—that's uh, what I would do. Mm. I also believe in, in continuity. I think Gary Rowett believes in, believes in continuity as well. I think early this season, I think he fell into the trap at times of. Of changing his team too much because he's got such a big squad, and I've said before on here, when you've got you can have too many players, you know, because what that does is it always gives you the option to change if you think, oh, so and so had a bit of an iffy game, I'll bring someone else in. I think uh, for me, and Gary Rouse mentioned this recently, the most successful sides in the championship are the ones that change very little, mm. and uh, I would. Uh, uh, yeah, given all those all those circumstances and the fact they haven't got a midweek game the following week, so they've got a full week. I, I would, yeah, I would go and have a go. Mm. So it's not been selected for TV coverage, but as you just said, it's also not been selected for three o'clock on a Saturday. Uh, the game has been moved to Friday night at eight o'clock. Uh, fans less than pleased with that, shall we say? Only fans. <laughs> well, <laughs> I wasn't going to get you started on it. But, FA, so. FA Cup ties on a Friday night. I mean, I've been here before. 
Uh, we, we'll actually, given the M6, we'll actually start, we'll actually set off tomorrow, I think. <laughs> and, live, and Liverpool and Everton are playing uh, in the northwest on the same evening, yes. so, which will be fun. Which would be fun. But you can't blame Sky this time. No, indeed, indeed not. No, I don't. uh, Listen, Friday night football leaves me cold. You you will be cold. (laughs) But but, but it does. And and there are obviously reasons why, and and Manchester United have explained to us the reasons why. Yes. And and they make sense. So I I fully understand that. But but whether I like football on Friday nights is is another issue, and, and I don't. Mm. You, you can understand fans' frustration at that as well, can't you? Yeah, yeah. But uh, so we should, we should explain the, the reason behind it, and we say rightly or wrongly. Um, so Man City were also drawn at home against Burnley, um, so that's why they couldn't both play um, at three o'clock on the Saturday. Man City are playing at three o'clock on the Saturday. Um, some people said, well, you know, why couldn't couldn't the derby game have, say then been on Sunday? Um, well, the, the reason is because. Manchester United could well uh, be involved in the League Cup semi-final, presuming they, um, they get through. Um, are we at the semi-finals already? Uh, no, it will be the quarter-finals. Right, okay. Do they play Bristol well, City away? I'm not they sure. do so play Bristol City away, yeah. But, yeah. but, but anyway... But that is uh, the semi-final. Anyway, yeah, that's that, would the, yeah. that would be yeah. the, um, the the following week would be when the semi-finals uh, would take place. I think it would be on a Tuesday And they could well. possibly be playing on a Tuesday, so. so that's why they wouldn't want to play on the Sunday and then the Tuesday so you can see why the Friday night would be better for them mm-hmm. um, whether it's better for Derby or it, well, say, it, yeah, well, they've explained it to us and, and, and that makes sense you, yeah. there's not a lot you can argue with that I don't think yeah. uh, but as I say it's, it's it, uh, again it's it's tough on fans we've spoken about yeah. this for league yeah. games haven't we where they no, get sent to places that have a night game and it's it's just so difficult and and, and, and the road systems don't make it any easier mm. for fans travelling. You know they've got to set off really, really early, and and, and well they have know. to take time off work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Friday, you know, yeah. Friday afternoon, and, and that the fact that it is when it is means that they're not going to take as many fans. Uh, simple as that. Simple as that. Yeah. So, mm. Which is a shame. It, it is a shame, but I say it's 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 not ideal, but but you, you can see the reasoning. Mm-hmm. Why it's got to be Friday night? Unfortunately, yeah. yeah, it's just a pity that both Manchester teams were drawn, drawn at home. home. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, hopefully they'll still sell out their, their five thousand. Oh yeah, they'll, 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 they'll certainly be a very decent following. Travelling yeah, good, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, lovely stuff. Should we uh, should we move on to some web chat questions? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, you ready? No. Excellent. Right, yeah. So every week we'll uh, we always host our, our Derby County web chat with Steve Nicholson on a Monday. Uh, as I sort of repeat myself, uh, we tend to record the podcast on a, on a Monday evening, which is what we're doing today. So we picked out some of the, the web chat questions from this afternoon, and, uh, and now Steve will do his best to give you the answer that you're hoping for. So, uh, so first is a question from Tony Rhodes, who says, Are you concerned about Premier League strugglers looking at key players like Richie Keogh, Scott Carson and Mate Vidra? Well, all three of them have done really well this season, so it's, that would be no surprise if if that were to be the case. Uh, not not at all, and I don't think Derby should be or the, or the supporters, because what it means is they're doing well as individuals, which usually means the team is doing well, which it is, uh, and it's a compliment. Take it as a compliment. If 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 no Premier League club was looking at or talking about your players, then I, I think you've got a problem. Uh, so yeah, no problem with that at all. Uh, it means there's uh, that there's value within the squad, 
and we've said that before about Derby's squad in, in past years, it's never quite had enough value or sell on value at times. So that's uh, and of course Derby are in a great position. I mean, if if anyone came in for any of their players, they would need to stump up a significant mm. fee to prize them away from the club. So absolutely no problem at all. In fact, I'd rather that be the case, you know, than not. Mm. Okay. Next one is from Ian Knight, who says, "Is a top two finish realistic?" Uh, Wolves are going very well. Very, very well as leaders. Stumbled home to Sunderland. Stumbled home to Sunderland. I'd look at the stats. They, they actually were well, well on top. Massive possession percentage. Plenty of efforts. A goal not enough on target. Uh, so they've done well. Uh, Cardiff uh, in second place. Uh, as we record this, Derby are five points adrift of Cardiff, who have a game in hand on them. Uh, if it's all about ifs and buts if, if Cardiff were, were to lose that game in hand then there'd be five points adrift mm-hmm. uh, and we're not at the halfway stage so of course of course it's a, there's a chance of course Derby have to continue the form they're in and they're in really good form as I say you know two defeats in the last 14 is really good I think they're right up there with Wolves and Cardiff in the form table so so you know things are going well for them so you know you, you can't rule it out Did that, do I think they'll finish in the top two uh, I have to stick with my, pre, my pre-season uh, prediction and I didn't have them in the top two but I had them in the top six so I have to stick with that uh, but top two is, is no way can that be ruled out mm. uh, but I think to do that Derby are going to have to uh, match or better the first half or almost first half of the season to do that and uh, We'll see. It's 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 just a bit too early yeah. now to say that, but you can't you can't you can't rule out absolutely not at all. Uh, if Wolves and Cardiff continue to kick on and all that, then they they deserve to go up automatically. But at the moment, Derby I say in good form. So I I, I just sensed a final whistle on Saturday at Oakwell. I just sensed a growing belief among the players and the supporters. As one, mm. I think earlier this season, the supporters' belief wasn't quite there. I don't think. I think there's a growing belief among supporters that uh, you know Derby could have a, a, a good season. Excellent. A uh, third and final question is from Jay Harris, who says, "Steve, who's your current player of the year so far?" Well, I think we just mentioned three there, haven't we? Uh, we mentioned Scott Carson, very, very consistent reigning player of the year. Uh, he's he's been really good, apart from. That one aberration he had at, uh, at Sheffield United, where he kicked the ball straight to Billy Sharp's great pass, but it was a good, very good finish as well. It was a rare mistake by mm. by Scott. Uh, Everyone makes them. Yeah, they? he's he's been a really good signing for Derby. A few fans have said to me on social media that he's they believe he's Derby's best keeper since Mark Poom, and that's quite a compliment because uh, Pooming was a, was an excellent keeper. Uh, so yeah, he, he's got to be right in there. Richard Keogh, I mentioned before. You know, uh, although the criticism of Richard from some quarters has kind of gone Seems very quiet. Seems to have quiet. died down, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. but he's, he's been as very, very consistent again. And I tell you what, he's already won Player of the Year twice. Yeah. If he were to win it a third time, that, that, you know, first player in Derby County's history to have done that, if he does that, again, fantastic. But, you know, you've got Matty Vidra in there, haven't you? And uh, 13 goals mm-hmm. in 16 starts. I mean, you can't ignore that. 
and if he he's well on course to get 20 goals I believe and when Chris Martin got 25 goals that season and didn't get player of the year I thought that was unbelievable mm. that he didn't get player of the year so anyone who gets 20 plus goals a season is going to be right in the frame for player of the year so I think those three I, I, I would find it difficult to, to separate those at the moment if I was to pick a player of the year right this minute but all three you know, are, are right in the frame as we speak if they continue continue their form mm. uh, I can't think I'd just just uh, chuck in maybe Curtis Davis possibly Curtis has been consistent him. yeah he has been consistent alongside Rich I don't think he's I've quite been as wrong. good as Rich mm. hasn't done a lot wrong and also the other one we need to throw in if he continues to have the influence he has on the sea outside is Joe Ledley if that influence stretches over a full season because his record in a Derby shirt is very good. Yeah, absolutely. Is it still only one defeat? Yes. One defeat in yeah. 12 yeah. games? Yeah. I mean, he's either... He, again, I, I do the player ratings. I find it really difficult with Joe, and I must apologise to him next time I see him. I, I just basically think, and I think, well, what's he done? And basically, he's done his job. Mm. Quietly, effectively, no frills. Exactly what we wrote, remember, when he signed? Yeah. And what we were told from the lads down in Wales... Uh, the journal's down there he just gets on with his job and he's 7 out of 10 so I keep marking him 7 out of 10 <laughs> so I apologise for that Joe one week I'll give you an 8 but but he, he just is he's a, he's a 7 out of 10 isn't he and uh, yeah. his influence has been really really good just does the basics very very well yeah, doesn't he does, he? And, he does. And, and you need that and we, we always you know we always go back to the John Eustace type and all mm. this and John never got the credit or the full credit he deserved uh, from some people, I thought he his influence on the team was very good, and, and Joe Ledley's come in and done the same. The the only issue in there, we talked about Tom Huddleston earlier with Joe Ledley, is you know that that balance in there. Mm. At the moment, it's okay, but they there are still those games where if you're up against mm. sharp movements in midfield and that type of thing, it, it might be an issue. Uh, but you know the facts speak for themselves. You know the pair, as I say, have only lost one game that they started together. I think what's telling as well is that you know you've mentioned probably half a dozen names there. Mm-hmm. If you think back to last season, we were talking about player of the season. It was really between Scott Carson and Tom Ince, and there was no yeah, one else, no one else really no. in the frame mm-hmm. at all. No. Um, so I think that's um, you know a promising sign. Oh, absolutely. Things to come. Yeah, I mean I say all those names, but certainly Scott. Richard Keogh and Matty Vidra at the moment would be my three in what order I think is a very difficult call mm. uh, but, but but Matty the way he's going at the moment you know if he, if he gets 20 plus goals you know 13 in 16 starts dear me you know we should it's your kind of scoring record that one it's nearly my kind of scoring <laughs> record at my at my height uh, but it's still very good uh, uh, but no if he I mean if he continues in that vein I mean I said on Saturday I wasn't overly impressed with his opening half an hour the next minute for his first chance there he was in the net mm. uh, and it, when you've got someone like that in, in the team you've always got a chance so th- those three have, I think for me have been the top three players so far Excellent. Well, thanks to uh, everybody who sent in, in questions for the web chat. We'll, uh, we'll do the same next week, pick uh, some of the best questions out and, and Steve will answer them on the podcast. Uh, we'll have a, a brief touch on, on the uh, the Villa game this weekend before we head off. Uh, fourth v fifth, big game now. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, with all due respect to, uh, you know, Burton, 
you know, and and uh, and QPR. Uh, it, 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 this this is what some fans will look at and see that this is a real test of what Derby are about. Mm. We thought that when we went to Middlesbrough, and, and they passed that test. You know, so it'll be interesting to see how, how how it shapes up. What was really interesting, and and no one's really picked up on it, and I haven't used it as yet, was a quote that Gary Rowett gave me uh, after the Barnsley game about Villa and what to expect. And he says they play a lot on the counter attack. They allow the opponent to have possession in away games, which suggests to me it could be a game of where Villa will sit in, will let you have the ball, and then we'll we'll, we'll counter on you. So Derby got to be careful of that. It's going to might again be a time for patience, both on the pitch and off the pitch. Uh, and I had a quick look at their possession stats, and they won three 0 at Barnsley, like Derby did, and won there with thirty nine percent possession. Mm. They won four 0 at Burton and had less possession than Burton. So if we think Dark Villa are going to come here and kind of open up and play expansively, it seems as though they, they, they might not. So it's going to be a, an interesting an interesting battle. Uh, certainly Villa have got more, will have more of a threat on the counter than the likes of QPR and, and Burton had when they came here, and even Ipswich had. Mm. So that's something to be careful of. But it's, it's an interesting tactical thought from Gary about that, because you kind of think Villa... You know they'll come and have a right go. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe they won't. I think, I think if if they've done their homework, then that they might realise that will likely play into Derby's yeah. hands. And obviously, mm. if they've been getting success away from home, playing a certain yeah. way, why change it? But I mean, it is a, it is going to be a fascinating game because I think there's you can draw quite a lot of similarities between the two mm. teams um, this season. Really, you know, both both among the kind of pre-season favourites. Uh, to go up or even perhaps win the league, um, both made pretty indifferent starts. Um, maybe trying to kind of rebuild a little mm-hmm. bit under a new under a, a newish manager, um, and then both teams have, have really kind of found their feet and and uh, and hit some good form. Although I think you know Villa, by all accounts, weren't great uh, on Saturday, and they they drew nil nil at home to Millwall. I think Millwall probably should have won the game, mm. so they'll be looking for a bit of a response. Um, from that, but I think it's a, it's looking like a really a really key game at the moment. That's, I think it is, and what's probably interesting is that like Derby early in the season, Villa were probably looking to try and find their best eleven. Because mm. when you have again, when you have a lot of players, it's not the easiest thing to do to find it, and they, they obviously have a lot of players. So maybe that was the, the, the issue they had. I think that was partly Derby's issue. Derby to me seems to be fairly settled now, uh, and and uh, so it's it's going to be. Going to be interesting. I watched Villa at, at Leeds, uh, where I thought Leeds were the, were the better side. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I like these tactical things, you know, these tactical battles. It's really strange because, as I've said many times, if I was a visiting team, I would come here and, and, and look to frustrate mm. and, and ask questions of Derby. Can you can you prize us up and can you get your way round us and all that type of thing and, and look to counter? Uh, having said that, Reading, when they won here not so long ago, started very quickly on the front foot and, and, and won the game basically in the thir- first 13 minutes. So there are different ways you can go about it. It'd be interesting to see which way Steve Bruce goes about it. But mm. you know, he's, he's a very experienced manager, isn't he? Very experienced manager. And he knows remember, the division. Well, we remember when he came here with Hull in the playoffs. And I mean, for half an hour, it was half an hour, there was nothing, nothing. In fact, if anything, Derby were probably slightly the better side. 
but he, he, he played it really well and he left with a 3 0 win. So he, he's a very shrewd manager. So it, it's a game I'm looking forward to. It should be a good one. Mm. And there's always ifs, as we always say, but if Derby were to win, you know, to go four points above Villa, yeah. who, okay, could drop out of the playoffs, but to go four points above a playoff chasing side like that is um, that would be a big statement wouldn't it? and we're also at that little stage as well where because it's, they've got back to back home games mm. Villa and then Millwall and Millwall shown going to Villa that, you know, they'll be tough as well I mean, they're all tough to be honest Yeah. Uh, but opportunity back to back home games to take you to the halfway stage of the season and uh, you know at the moment Derby are on 38 points if they can be into the 40 points after 23 games you know, you double that over a season, you're into your 80 odd points. I mean, it's a very, very decent total. So, a good, a good opportunity for them. Mm. But as I say, Villa will be tough, and and, and Millwall will be tough also. And, uh, and Burton were tough, Ipswich were tough, and Kilso were QPR for a while. So, you, you just take it as it as it comes. But you know, I think in home games, I think there will be times, and there has been times when patience is needed. Mm. on and off the pitch Excellent Gentlemen anything else that you wanted to add before we sign off? I think that's uh, about it isn't it? I think that's about it it's good to be back yeah. It's nice to have you back Good to be back so I'll enjoy listening to this one (laughs) Make it to the end Yes Yeah if you don't wake up and it's still playing in your ear (laughs) (laughs) Are they still going on? Right, lovely stuff. Thanks to all the uh, all the listeners for uh, tuning in as ever. In the meantime, you can follow everything we do on social media. We're on Twitter, which is at DerbyTelDCFC. We're also on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash DerbyTelDCFC. You can keep up to date with all the latest Rams news and views and everything in between on our website, which is www.derbytelegraph.co.uk. And you can also find the podcast on both Audioboom and iTunes. Just search for It's Black and White. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.